Hi everyone, this is Andrew Robinson. Welcome to my world. I was thinking about that Marines Rifleman's Creed. You've probably heard it. This is my rifle. There are many like it, but this one is mine. And on guidelines, this is my world. And there are many like it, but this one is mine. So it's an honor to share this little corner of real estate of my world with you uh, here on episode number seven. And as I was sitting down here, I was just thinking... Such an, like I said, it's such an honor to be able to to share this with you. I've loved interacting with a number of you. You know, I put this together just to get this out there. Not like I've said before, not because I think I have all the answers, but just to get this out in the world. I've loved hearing back. I there was part of me, to be honest, like I didn't know that anyone would actually <laughs> listen to this podcast. So when I put it out there. And people started actually responding. It was like, oh, that's right. There's more to just recording this podcast and putting it out there. This is something that people might actually listen to. So it's really fun to hear back from all of you how you are putting these ideas into practice. And yeah, it's just an honor. I was just, you know, preparing, walking into my office and sitting down to do this and getting all set up and it just, I was reminded of Lou Reed um, from the Velvet Underground, and he used to talk about singing, and his philosophy of singing was that he pretended he was whispering in people's ears. A little creepy for our purposes. I'm not going to pretend that I'm whispering in anyone's ear. I, for one, don't enjoy people whispering in my ear, but you get the idea. It's this idea of like, hey, I get to actually talk with you and have these conversations with you and pass on what I have to pass on, and hoping all the while that it adds to your life, much like music does, for those of you that like music. So that's that's what we're doing. Um, that's what we're doing here on Guidelines. Here in Episode 7, we are turning our attention toward your values. And again, we're building out your plan, your business plan. I know for people that I work with, the guides that I work with, I am, you know, I'm asking them to build out their business plan. I'm helping them do that. So I would, I would encourage you to do the same and use this, use guidelines to help inform that. And uh, ideally, you're working together with other guides within Giant to do that. So this is another really important piece in terms of values, and they go they go wrong in a number of different ways that we don't need to explore all of them, but mostly. I'm going to call it like the cardboard factor. They become cardboard, except for they're printed on little brass plaques in offices and end up meaning nothing in the end because they're so generic. So we're going to talk about how do you how do you buck that trend? How do you actually create values that are authentic and, and also that resonate? They don't lose their life. And it was really nice in preparing for this, going back through my own values, which I will share at the end. But being able to read through them helped me come back to really my purpose. It ties in with your purpose and your vision for your business and and your values really are your tethers. They hold you, they hold you in place. They call me consistently back to the kind of person that I want to be. They call me up to the kind of person that I want to be. And and in many respects are aspirational in, in, in that respect. But let's talk about why they're significant. Uh, 
it's, I mean, they really are what you stand for. They're putting your, your mark in your, you stake in the ground and saying, this is, this is who I am. This is is what I stand for. It's what you are bringing to people. And if, if you're ambiguous about the values you stand for, it's, it's questionable as to whether you are bringing the, all that you have to bring to people. But if you know what you stand for, then you walk into a room and you're like, this is what I stand for. And that's what you bring with you. That is the presence that you bring with you into a room. And as you work with a client, as you work with the leaders, you will draw them mostly at a subconscious level to your values. Keep that in mind. That's why these are so significant. They're so important. What we're going to do is talk about how to how to actually clarify those values. Super, super important. My assumption, lot just like mission and vision, there are lots of ways of going about this and lots of great resources out there on values. Keep that in mind. So I'm not this is just my perspective, but my my approach is that values are native to who we are. They're part of us. And our, our job is to unearth those values. We, we already have the values. The question in my mind is clarity and commitment. So how clear are you on these values and what's your commitment to them? So in terms of clarity, they need to be discrete. They need to be separated from one another. In other words, like when I see some corporate values, they really should have taken two or even sometimes three of those values combine them into one or separate them out. They need to be differentiated as opposed to multiple words that essentially mean the same thing. Get rid of those. That's the clarity piece. In the end, I think it was Aristotle that said virtue is one or Socrates that said virtue is one, which essentially means, well, C.S. Lewis said it in a different way. He said, there's no culture in the world that celebrates dishonesty. Like, Goodness is inherent and in, in we know it when we see it. It's like yellow. How do you define yellow? You just know it when you see it. You don't have someone that is like, I am a kind and generous person who happens to be dishonest, right? That, that just doesn't happen. Like no one would openly admit that. My point is just say no to, to generic values. As you try to clarify your values, just say no to, to generic values. Commitment, like how committed are you to these values and that's that is fundamentally like a, a, an existential question that you have to answer in other words if you're going to go through this process and actually clarify your values and state your values then the question is am i actually committed to them or do i really like those those values in the same way that i like the new paint on my house like it just looks so pretty it just sounds so nice yeah, that's not what they're for. They ought to they ought to actually really call us up. Like I said, and we'll we'll get into that a little bit more. So your specific values are important. They should be clear, but it really does come down to to your commitment. I mean, the question is like, do you have the courage and grit to back away from like an incredible deal if it conflicts with your values? Well, if so, then, okay, I'm going to question your commitment. But if you're willing to back away and push away from, from a deal because it, it conflicts with your values, then yeah, that says something about your commitment. And, you know, when others challenge your values or, you know, I've had 
like numerous and you probably have two where you're in meetings and I don't know, someone makes a joke or I mean, says something that's in conflict with who you want to be and how you want to show up in the world and you don't and you respond to it and you let yourself respond to it and you don't feel good about that, right? I mean, guilt is that that twinge that lets us know that we did something that was in conflict with our conscience and with our values. By the same token, I mean, it's not like I'm trying to set us up to be just these stodgy consultants, uh, coaches. I'm, that's not the point. The point is, like, hey, if you have your values stated, then then you, you really ought to be committed to them. Will you stand by them and, and do it with kindness and conviction, but stand by them nonetheless? This is what we're getting at here is your identity, really. If you think about your values, your values are these woven threads within your identity. And if I back off of my values, I'm backing off of my identity. Great example of that was during the recession, Starbucks wanted to cut healthcare uh, for workers. And Schultz went to bat for the workers and he said, if we cut healthcare, we are no longer Starbucks. That's, you know, he, he was willing to stand up for it and say, this is a core value and this is what we stand for. So when we talk about values, what we're really talking about is you, like you putting yourself out in the world, yourself, like two words, yourself, capital S. That's like, that is the unique human being, the unique identity that you bring to the world. And that's represented by your values and what you stand for. You know, let's come at this a different way. Here's an interesting, like, what if, like, let's look at the value at value as a verb instead of a noun. Like, we typically think of core values as as a noun, but let's look at it as a verb for a second. Like, to value something means that we see it as something that's important. Uh, it holds importance to us. We might, like, for example, my daughter had her birthday a few days ago. We went out to dinner to celebrate her birthday and I valued that time and it was expressed in paying for that experience, right? So oftentimes if you want to look at what you value, take a look at your, you know, your credit card receipt or the latest email receipt that you got for a purchase. Those show us, those show what we ascribe value to, right? And and so when we value something, we put we put a monetary value on it or, or time value, or we, we direct resources in that direction. That's what we do. So let's come back to your values. What are the things, and this is, this is a, a way to just maybe trigger some of the, some of the values that you hold dear, you know, maybe you're in a meeting and someone d- demonstrates like honesty or candor in, in a meeting and you're like, yes, like finally someone that's willing to cut to the chase instead of like everyone else has been talking around this issue. So maybe that's a value is like honesty or candor or directness, or maybe we're struck by someone that demonstrates this incredible empathy and kindness for someone in need. And we're like, yes, that like, that is something that I value. That is who I, I want to be. That is who I am. That is what I'm striving for. We often experience these values as if, I don't know about you, but like, to, to me, it feels like someone opens a window and all of a sudden you can breathe 
and it's as if your 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 lungs can't like hold the capacity of that that kind of an experience where like that was so incredible like i had an experience yesterday with a core group and i can't go into detail with it because it was it was unbelievable this guy dropped his self preservation in a way that was like the whole room was silent and i was like yes you literally just changed the trajectory of this core group by demonstrating that kind of transparency. And so not surprisingly, like that's that's woven into the values that I'll share at the end. Um, so, you know, we value a ton of things. It's just that when it comes to your business, it's it's like, what are the values that are the foundation of you and your business? What you like at the core of your identity? So, for example, I, I value empathy. I try to practice it. I value candor and directness. I try to practice that, but they're not part of my core values. So again, we can value lots of things, but it doesn't mean they have to be part of your core values. So the question I ask is like, what are the ones that I am like, I'm going to fall on my sword for this one. There's just no way around it. This one, this one is like a non-negotiable. Um, and these come from really two different sources, the nature and and what I call narrative. A lot of people call it nurture, but like I I think of nature and narrative. So in nature, within who you are, you based on your personality are going to tend to possess certain values just based on your voice order, right? So think about you know your voice order. Obviously, you're going to have certain values based on on just how God made you, and. My wife, for example, I remember the first time I met her and it was, she, gosh, I was like, this is a, such an interesting person because she was, I, I'm sure she wasn't the first guardian I met, but her ability to just pierce through the fog with her questions and her just, she had this ability to just seek the truth and all of this confusion and ask the right questions to get at it. And I just remember like, Hey, okay. <laughs> I need to get to know her better. You know, that was part of of who she is. It still is. And it, it never will cease to be part of who she is. So think about it for you. What's your voice order and how does that show up in terms of the things that that you value? Totally shows up in mine. Like one of the values that I'll get to is is a, a bias toward action. And that is something that is so part of my personality and has literally been part of my personality since day, like as, as, as early as I can remember, I really have a bias toward people that do stuff and don't just talk about doing stuff or know about how to do stuff. They actually do it. And though that's, that's a value that I hold dear. However, that does tie in to my narrative and I don't need to go into all the details of my narrative, but that is part of my narrative. Our stories, like all of the things we experience, the people around, the choices we make, those shape our values. I had certain like, I remember like certain friends' dads growing up and going like, that's a really admirable value. And I want to be like that. I can remember my friend's dad like in this blizzard helping me with my ski boot when he had like, I'm sh- undoubtedly he wanted to be skiing and like I had this broken buckle and he sat there and helped me. Well, that made a huge impact on me and I could tell lots of other stories about different people and so could you. Those kinds of experiences shape our values. They shape uh, who we want to be in our identity. It's just a matter of helping clarify those. Then the question is, okay, 
what are your values and how do you actually make them come alive? And some of you, I'm, I, I'm sure have heard of, of, I may mispronounce the name, but Anson Dorrance or Durance, the, he's the women's soccer coach at North Carolina. He's the most winning soccer coach, literally in NCAA sports history, period, which is saying something. Cause that's like beyond John Wooden and, and others, but he has these values that he has for his team and they're different than how I would do it. They're more wordy and there are a lot more of them, but he has all these different values. And what's notable to me is not so much the values, although I think they're pretty cool um, and kind of funny, but it's what he does with them. So he will actually have a quote that goes with each value. His players have to memorize not just the value, but the quote that goes with the value. For example, one of his values is we don't whine. That's his number one value. Um, ironically enough, I have a client that's working. He literally, I told him to start a wine journal, uh, W-H-I-N-E, because he said he, his core process was he wanted to work on on not whining as much. I was like, okay, let's do this. So this, this coach's uh, first value is we don't whine. But he will then bring a quote in alongside that, and his players have to memorize both of them and recite them on the spot. So really powerful way of operationalizing these. So you may decide, hey, I'm going to come up with these core values, and I'm going to come up with some quotes that go by them, uh, go next to them, and I'm going to commit them to memory. And that would be a really cool way. And then maybe you have a team that you form, and you make that part of your team, and and that becomes part of, of what co- really codifies your team and sets you apart. It goes then from being your identity to to part of your identity as a team and 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 multiplies to them. So think about that for you and how you want to do that. Um, my values, just to to wrap up with that, again, keep in mind these are these are values that are part of what I consider my identity. They are values that were shaped by my nature, by my narrative, my nurture. And they came through a lot of thought and consternation. I wrestled with them. Does it mean that I won't change them? Absolutely not. I very well may. But I begin with self-awareness. And when I say self-awareness, I mean, we talk about know yourself to lead yourself. What I mean is knowing all of ourselves. And that includes our nature, our five voices, which provide enormous insights into who we are by nature. I also put a, a big emphasis on knowing our narrative because both show up in the room and I need to walk into a room and be knowing myself to lead myself. But if I only know half of myself, I'm only leading half of myself. So what I want to do is I want to show up in the room. I want to be know, aware of how is my nature and my nurture coming together to inform who I am. And I put such a premium on that, that it is my number one core value. That is, it's what I adhere to. And I operationalize it. If you look at my day, it begins with self-awareness. And I have a whole regiment around that, that kicks off my day to, to make sure that I'm tuned in to all of myself. My second one is courage. And this is where, you know, I get into that bias toward action I personally am committed 
and seem to have a habit of living on the edge of my comfort zones. I get bored if I'm not. And I, I mean, I literally like, and I don't totally know I'm doing it, but it, it's something that I is clearly a part of who I want to be. And that is, you know, I living in such a way that I can see, (laughs) I can see like things that are really terrifying, not too far away that are outside of my competencies. And I just really enjoy testing the outer bounds of, of my competency. And that requires courage. And so that's a value. And if you see me work, like when I'm working with clients, you will see this come out where not that I expect them to just be like me, but we are most alive when we lead with courage and, and embrace discomfort. So part of what I, I want to call people up to that again, you will see that value just leak out whenever I'm with people. Generosity. Generosity, that's the third one. So self-awareness, courage, generosity. And by the way, I'm not telling these to you because I think you should adopt these at all. What I'm hoping you take away from is the degree to which I've thought about these. Again, the goal with values here is it's the cardboard effect. Let's, let's, uh, let's get away from generic cardboard values and get to, to values that, that like, when I'm reading this to you right now, I'm going, yes, like these have this, this sting and this zing factor, they sting. And then they also have that zing factor where they, they propel me and inspire me. So that's, that's generosity. And, and after generosity, I say, give to the point of ouch. Like today I had, I had a, a conversation with a client where I thought like, Hey, I, I may not be the best person for this. In fact, I can think of someone else that might be better. And I'm like, yeah, I don't care that it's going to cost me money. I want to give, I want to give to this person. And if that means bringing in another giant that might be a better fit for their culture, then I'm going to do that. And that, that, that does sting in terms of my finances. That's okay. Like, let's, I don't want to live that way. I want to just give. So that's three. Four is is humility. And by that, I don't mean, well, let's not, I'll talk about what I do mean. What I mean is it, it's actually a call to remembrance. And what I want to remember is my frailty. I want to remember that I, I don't have it all together. And, and when I'm least humble is when I uh, somehow am intoxicated with this notion that I have it all together and it's laugh. It would be laughable if it wasn't so tragic. So humility is part of my core values because I, I want to remember that. And I may have already said this or quoted Leo Tolstoy, Tolstoy about, you know, he said the best definition of a human is, is someone that goes around on, on two legs and is ungrateful, which I think is hilarious and, and so true. But I think that we're ungrateful because we're forgetful. If if we could remember things, we wouldn't be so ungrateful. I wouldn't be as ungrateful. Humility for me is I want to remember that I don't want to forget that I'm frail, that I'm broken, that that I don't have it all together. And I ought to, I have no excuse but to go through the day in a state of humility. And then the last one for me is integration. Different from integrity, uh, integrity appears on probably four out of five 
value statements. I don't say that to like disparage integrity because at the end, like everything should come back to integrity, right? My question is, how can you make integrity come alive? So by integration, what I mean is every piece has a place. I use that as a mental model, uh, integration for everything. So when I work with myself, if I go through the five circles of influence, like how I work with myself needs to have integration as opposed to disintegration. And then when I go from self out to my family, I want everything in my family to be integrated. My team, organization, so forth. I want all of the pieces to work together symphonically. That's really important to me in terms of value. It's something I strive for. It's something about it feels right. It's like listening to a well-tuned instrument versus one that's out of tune. So those are my five values, self-awareness, courage, generosity, humility, and integration. Again, don't, these are mine, don't, they need to be yours. And, and, and the goal is for you to unearth them. They are there, find them. And that doesn't mean they can't be aspirational. Like I give a shout out to Ben Thomas, a guide up in Portland, Oregon, uh, great guy and um, really enjoyed am enjoying getting to know him. Just a huge heart for people. And he helped me just, I think, think about that and the importance of having values that we we may not actually embody right now. Like generosity, like when I read that one, that one hurts because I don't know that I'm as, as generous as I could be. So it's more of an aspirational value. But all of these call me up. And all of these bring me to a heightened awareness of who the kind of person I want to be. In terms of clarifying your values, take a run at the 25 and 25 activity that we did last time. And just don't think about it. Turn off your critical brain and just pour out all of these different values. Explore your, what would what do you value by virtue of your nature, your voice order? What do you value by virtue of your narrative? What stories come to mind that help quicken you, that have quickened you to certain values? And just start cataloging and c- capturing those. And then set it aside, let it simmer. And then think about going into the curation process. What What patterns do you see in those values? take a break, come back to it. Now start editing and refining and so forth. So go through that process with your values and and then try to put some teeth to them. What do they actually mean? And that's where, you know, after mine, I have these different statements that I come up with that, that help helps give it some snap and go, oh, that's right. That's what this is about. Run with that and put that into practice see where you go with it. Run it by other people. Ask them what they think. Test it. And eventually you'll come back to it. These are, this isn't something to rush through. None of this is. I'm, you know, as I read through these, I'm like, oh gosh, it actually really feels good to, to read through these because you are reading through you when you read through your values. All right. Well, let's wrap it up. Episode seven. We're going to get into some business planning 
in terms of targets and goals in the next episode, which will be fun to go through. And I'll walk you through the considerations that I have in mind when I do my goal setting, both the one year, five year, 10 year, actually, sorry, one, three, and 10. And I'll walk through what you ought to weigh as you go through those and help you identify some some trigger points. And at the end of that episode, I'm gonna introduce the linchpin, like the thing that really all of your goal setting hinges on, and we'll, we'll get into that. So until then, you know, remember you are your first client. You are literally client number one, and you can only guide others when you first guide yourself. And that, that's what this is all about. So until then, take care everyone.